0: Alright, it is Florida Friday brought to you by Paul in Florida. He's got the sun, I've got the cold. It doesn't matter, matter because we're ready to go. I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stay when they see me. If wants, no need to repeat, run up on me, watch you fall to your knees. Does the does the bounce feel a little bit better with the waves in the background? Or wait, you're not if, near waves, but <laughs> if I'll tell you what, it feels better with
1: the waves, there are no waves. It's Orlando. <laughs> It feels better with some palm trees in the background. And the fact that I'm outside, it feels a little stranger because there are other people probably like, what is that guy
0: doing What is his laptop? He's got a mic out at 830 in the morning. This is wrong.
1: Yeah. If you're not watching, I'm sitting outside, which is probably why you hear the leaf blower. The guy just decided to start, of course. And I'm kind of on a patio. I'm at the Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando. I have a speaking engagement tomorrow for a company called Pop Yachts. And uh, look, you just get used to kind of doing this stuff in public. Right. You have to get over that if you're going to have a morning show.
0: Yeah. We were saying before the show, it's like, Hey, we just, we go live. It's what we do wherever we do. We just go live. Right. (laughs) So going live from Florida, you got a really, really cool experience from like, airport to, uh, meeting some new people that, that, that then transferred to a really unique experience. I wanted to kind of, I saw, I was watching on your Instagram. I wanted to kind of get the full feedback loop of what that was like and then how the, how the event went. So you met, uh, the, the Leon bridges crew. Yeah. yeah?
1: So you know me, I'm a pretty personable guy and, and I'm always paying attention to what's going on uh, Sarah, my wife and I were standing in baggage claim because that's what you do when you don't have kids. Like, like we're checking our bags because if we lose them, it's like it's all right. <laughs> it's all good. Like it's just us. So we're standing in baggage claim, and, and you know I'm a musician, so I'm looking around and like see a guitar case, and then I see a cymbal case, and then you know you can tell when people like do this a lot. We're like, oh, this isn't like just a high school band trip. Like this is a band, and they're going somewhere like to play a gig. So I just walk up, and I'm, they were they were kind of packing stuff up, and some people in suits were coming over and like greeting them. I said the one guy was like. Hey, what's your band name? And he looks down and he gets quiet. He goes, Leon Bridges. <laughs> and, and then I like look up and I'm like, oh, that's Leon Bridges. Right. Because they had okay. like masks on right. and sunglasses. Right. Yeah. First, first indicator. You have sunglasses on inside. Right. So masks. And so, so I, I looked up real quick, uh, Leon Bridges, Orlando, realized that he was playing the next day at the opening of this brand new state of the art theater hall or, um, you know, kind of symphony hall. And uh, there were two seats left. And I got them no and they were expensive. But Sarah and I were like, we're on vacation. We're doing it. So I went oh. last night, happened to be sitting. Um, I, saw, I saw who was probably the guy. He had a mask and sunglasses on the airport. But like judging by how he kind of overall, I was like, I bet that's the guy. So I went over at the end of the show and I was like, hey, I saw you in the airport. And he was like, yeah, I was Like I bought these last <laughs> tickets. So we talked for a few minutes and, you know, he was like, yo, we're going out later. Hit me up. And then. And so then he leaves, and Sarah's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, if you want to go hang out with the band, we can." She's like, "Really?" I was like, "That's
0: how it works, babe. That's, That's how it works. You just, but, yeah, you just have a conversation. Let's go." <laughs> but we're old and we're tired, so we went. We went home. <laughs> You're like, we got massages, put
1: our feet up, and we were done. No. <laughs> yeah, we went home. Quiet evening, and so we had a good time at home. But but um, you know, it was it was an amazing show, and you know, it's just fun to get get around, and you know. And, and do stuff like that. So it's good to be out and about and just meet some other people.
0: Yeah, that's really fun. That's really fun. Well, let's get into some news today. I think uh, probably the 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 thing that is kind of headed around LinkedIn, text messages flying, and I don't know if you've seen it because you're out, uh, you know, in, in, in sunny Orlando. Trying to check out, but yeah. Yesterday, Vroom dropped on YouTube their brand new commercial for the Super Bowl. Which, yep. if you haven't seen it, we've linked it in the show notes. You can find it in the comments. You can go out, head, head to YouTube and check it. it out. You saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. I did. So it's really interesting because if you remember back, and, and, uh, back to last year, Vroom put out a commercial that was essentially – in dealership. It was all about purchasing and aggressive, uh, super aggressive dealer employee, like holding up, you know, jumper cables onto a person almost. Right. And then they flip and it's like, there's room. Well, this year, interestingly enough, they're still targeting a way of doing business, but they've actually targeted the people that would potentially buy private party cars that would also be their potential buyers. Right. So like, I'm thinking about the mentality of this is okay so yes is that a pain point for customers but the way that they approached it was like also alienating a whole segment of um of that like of of that way of doing business of private party selling and buying so really an interesting play from from Vroom again to kind of like poke poke the bear really really strongly in a new way for like the carvana's and the Vrooms of the world I thought I thought that Last year was way aggressive, which is why it flopped. And
1: if you look at the Google search trends, you realize that the person, the company that benefited most from Vroom's uh, whole thing was Carvana. Cause yeah. people like search Carvana yeah, like, more than Vroom. Uh, yeah, if no. you watch the search. Yeah, that was, that was way too aggressive. They took Carvana's lighthearted poking at dealers and they just went all the way in a right. time when everyone was like, not in a mindset to like see and hear more negative stuff this year's, yeah. um, It was a lot more fun. It was, they took, I think they sure. took a little, a little dancing cue from Carvana. There's a dancing, uh, the, the choreographer that did all the, the choreography for the movie. La La Land is the one that did it. Yep. And, you know my perspective of the commercial. Just watching it, I was I liked it. I thought right. it was fun. I thought it was funny in the moment, the the surprise moment when she's like, ah, oh, he backed out, right? <laughs> right. I, thought right. Fell, I thought the end felt. I thought the end fell a little flat because it was so much fun, and I felt like the end part where you know it goes to the part where Vroom bought her car. I thought that, that actually lost the fun that i was having in the commercial yeah you almost, almost
0: you almost think like they could have turned that and it been like full production right it's yeah, like behind uh, yeah. her like things are happening fireworks are going off right it, yeah. it's this
1: weird counterpoint because she's talking about all the people that backed out or she had a haggle over price yeah but visually what i'm seeing and hearing is getting me excited and i'm, I'm laughing and i'm seeing the dancing and she goes she backed out and then it flipped to room and it seemed like really boring and unsatisfying that's yeah. that was my take i mean I, th- I think that everybody understands what it's like to sell on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or, or try sure. to sell private party. And so um, it'll be interesting. I mean, like letting people know it's an easy way to buy a car. I bet it'll be effective. Um, okay. But as as an, as an like an entertaining ad, it was entertaining and then it kind of fell flat for me. But um, it'll be interesting to see what it does.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it'll... I think it'll play better from like a Super Bowl ad perspective, right? Just the general tone of most Super Bowl ads. It lives more in that stream. Checked a lot of the boxes. Yeah, checked a lot of the boxes for that. So I think just they'll probably see some search search stuff and and probably get that. And actually I was talking to a couple marketers like how do you capital, how do dealerships capitalize on those search trends, right? That's right.
1: Same way you did last time. Sell well, my say, car wait. to
0: Vroom, right? Vroom Super Bowl commercial. Like can you bid that locally? Potentially, right? It's going well, to take some this, work.
1: The same way you didn't do it last year, right? <laughs> right. So, same strategy, but just do it this year. Yes. So, i mean kyle you probably pulled off one of the most when you were with nelson Mazza, you pulled off probably one of the most successful uh coattails of the vroom commercial
0: yeah it did really well for us yeah and it was you know it it gave a nod to the vroom commercial without like totally living into it um to where if people hadn't seen it they wouldn't they wouldn't feel completely alienated um (laughs) but got a lot of lift for the stores and and got a lot of lift in search results had a had a lot of ranking increase in some unique keywords. We um, had a mini landing page for it, right? So you've got some time. You're, you're still a few weeks out from, from that Super Bowl ad. So you can really create like a mini, a mini local strategy around that because you know that there's going to be some level of search volume around selling your car around the Super Bowl. So why not capitalize on something like that with video, Quick landing page, little little search results action. Start working start working your unique, you know, a little bit of ranking quality right now. It it could work. So yeah. I love that. Speaking speaking of ranking. Right. You don't have your nerdy button on today. Oh. So <laughs> so if you had it, this would be the moment to hit the little did I do that? <laughs> nerdy. Did
1: I do that? Right.
0: Yeah, I can fake it. So, uh, so interestingly enough, uh, speaking of search results, Google, uh, put out an article uh, just notifying everyone, hey, look, we're taking everything we did in August and September on mobile uh, from core web vitals and uh, for search results based on mobile friendliness, uh, pop ups, things like that. We're moving it over to desktop. So even though desktop is still in that 30 to 35 percent of users, now you're going to all of your your search results rankings are going to start to transition to, uh, you know, a heavy lean on core web vitals, a heavy lean on on things like what what are called cumulative layout shift, and then uh, a fancy word called interstitials, right? Which is uh, basically a word for pop-ups. Uh, and we all know, Paul, that dealers love, love some pop-ups, some...
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like a break. We're gonna make a breakfast cereal box. It's gonna be called pop-ups. <laughs> we, should, we should do that.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. So, yeah, so just, uh, you know, just a, a little bit of nerd out recommendation. If you're watching, you're a dealer. Think about, like, what things pop up that includes your chat pings. That includes, uh, like, quick pop ups that happen. Yeah, wait, wait, let's during, boil this down. So yeah.
1: you're saying that Google looks at a site negatively the more pop ups it has? Absolutely. Yep. They, uh, they, they, let's they, say that again. The
0: more pop-ups you have on your website, Google's going to knock you for it. It's brutal, man. It's brutal, and especially on page load. So you got to think on like those early pop-ups, things that come up really quickly uh, that change the user experience. And if you think about it, like it's the number one clicked item on a website is the X button on chats and pop-ups. And Ooh. so if you're wasting a click on that, Google Google knows it. Um, so watch out for that. Get with your website provider. Get with your marketing director. Marketing directors, press in with your owners and, and make that, that desktop and mobile experience really strong. And it'll help. So I want to get to some a little bit of outside automotive, if you don't mind. Uh, no, I don't. Because I saw that Amazon is going brick and mortar again. How about that? So they're, they're going to open a retail clothing store in California, uh, which is um, – What some would say a departure from their core belief that everything is digital in retail. Um, So yeah, Paul, what are your thoughts on like? I I think their core belief.
1: Yeah, I think their core belief is actually everything should be owned by Amazon. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the core belief that's on the wall um, when when you go into Amazon buildings. Like everything should be owned by Amazon. Go forth and conquer. Um, I like the idea. If if I'm Amazon, I mean I've been in an Amazon bookstore. I've been in, in Amazon, you know, the, the grocery store We can walk in, walk out, not, like, stop anywhere, which felt extremely weird, right? Yeah. Just grab some stuff. And I was trying to trick it, too. I was like, let me pick this up, walk around, put it back where it was. right? <laughs> I was really trying to say, like, I'm yeah. going to make this algorithm work. And um, and it did work really well. Yeah. And so the, the clothing store, it's cool. Um, the fact that you can, you know, load up what you want to try on, like, so you can actually, like, scan QR codes and stuff and have it take to a changing room. I think it's just the indicative of the fact that Amazon has more leverage that retail has taken big punches over the last year. So there's space available, there's space in the market. Yeah. There's literal physical real estate space. Um, the value is right. And Amazon blending the worlds further makes a lot of sense. So, um, yep. and I think it'll end up being a lot more convenient for consumers too. The well, fact that I everything think, begins to be connected.
0: Yeah. So the, one of like the, some of the core like, uh, just stats that they shared was 35% of people begin their search on, on Amazon and then purchase off Amazon. So whether in a brick and mortar or on other sites, right? So they're trying to capture that crowd into a brick and mortar environment. 85% of uh, percent of retail transactions are still done in stores. So they're wanting to capitalize on that. I thought it was really interesting. Any of their items that are in the store will actually have a QR code that will push you to potentially ordering on Amazon.com, if the size isn't there, if the you know if the the exact color type isn't in the store, so they're they're really connecting that online oh, offline experience, right? So that that's a real oh and think you know about what? that. I, it's still going to get there in one to two days, but now you've touched shoot, it, felt it.
1: That just opened it up because my wife and I went shopping at Disney Springs yesterday. And there's a, there's a lot of stores and stuff that I, I just don't have in Syracuse, and uh, so we were walking in stores. And you want to buy stuff? Oh. I wanted to buy stuff, but I was like, Packing I can't bring it. this home. Yes. I'm not, I can't fit it. I'm not buying another suitcase. Not that I haven't done that before. Um, <laughs> and it would be it would be awesome to be able to scan the QR code, like try the stuff on, and be like, it'll be at my house in a couple of days when I get home. That I like that idea. That's it. I yeah. like that idea a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hey, excited we- to see it. I hope it comes close. What do you got? This, was, this wasn't on our, our show notes, but um, I think I just want to share that I have driven a Tesla now for the first time over an extended period. I go. rented it. Yeah, I probably should open with this. So I <laughs> we talk about Tesla all the time. I rented a Tesla on Turo, T-U-R-O. It's like Airbnb for cars. It's great. So I rented some, you know, some doctor's model three and um, we've been driving it for the last few days and a little getting used to. Um, it goes really fast, really quickly yes. um, and it drives by itself. So we had autopilot on, I'm trying to let it wow. drive me around, but the simplicity of vehicles, EVs, like all of a sudden I got in and I was like, for the first time, I was, I thought it makes a lot of sense that we're moving in this direction because I'm, I'm like one of those people. I like the internal combustion engine. I like the noise. Right. I like the shifting. Um, and then I, I drove this car and I'm like, we're really going to do this. Yeah, I mean, not, not that all the indicators aren't there. And you know, Cadillac just announced today that, that they're a few months away from releasing the lyric, right. the production model. Um, go ahead. What were you going to say?
0: Uh, my question was was like, did it feel more native to use because of like its attachment to the rest of the technology that you would typically be using on a day to day basis? Did it, no? It, does that make sense?
1: Or not no? Really? Because and I think the reason for that is that like I don't I don't have the app and I'm not logged in. I have a guest card. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a credit card, and that's how I get in and, out of, in and out of the vehicle. But I will tell you this. The technology in the car works so well, like yeah. the GPS, the, the integration. And once I'm starting to get used to it, I was like, oh, it's going to suck having no physical knobs, everything on a touchscreen. But I felt the exact same thing when I moved from a BlackBerry to an iPhone. Right. I was yes. like, this is going to suck. I need the buttons. I need to be able to feel. So um, after just a couple of days, we haven't charged it yet. We're going to do that today or tomorrow. Um, but But everything
0: else – it definitely feels easier to use. Yeah, yeah. It feels I, easier to use. I think that's really interesting. Like, I think about my kids and how quickly they pick up anything on the iPhone as far as, like, just usability, right? Yes. And when they get in a car with a bunch of buttons and knobs, they're like, Dad, what's that? Dad, what's that? And I can imagine them getting in a Tesla and just being I like, you know, you're
1: so right. That's a great point.
0: Yeah, that's a great
1: point. And then, you know, of course, how do I get to the fart noises? You are like... I <laughs> <laughs> got it. I got you can know, find the fart noises in the Tesla. You could make. It. Yeah, she had a lot of fun with that.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. But,
1: but again, the little surprise and delight stuff that can just make make the experience of operating a Tesla fun. And and that's a great point. I can totally see my kids jumping right in and knowing what to do.
0: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we're out of time today. A lot of quick hits, moving through the news. Paul driving Teslas. Let's go. And surprise and delight. Where can you enhance your experience with things like that today?